No One Told Me is for all those times you wish someone just a little ahead of you would tell you what they did in the same situation, in the same season of life. On this podcast, experience is worth a thousand words, or at least 30 minutes worth. Welcome to No One Told Me. I'm Callie, and today we're going to be talking about that single life. But here's the thing. I haven't really been single since I was a junior in high school, and I know that's ridiculous, like annoyingly ridiculous. I met my husband when I was in eighth grade. I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't real cute at the time. So we didn't actually start dating till I was a junior in high school, and seven years after that, we got married. But you know, that is something for a future podcast, so just tune in later. The problem is, if I tried to speak about the single life, I'd have to resort to quoting women that I saw on The Bachelor or saying things like swipe right and thirsty, even though I really don't know what that means, but I read about it on BuzzFeed. We have this weird stigma in society, especially below that Mason-Dixon line, that says if you're a single woman and you're over the age of, what, 23, 24, then something's not quite right. Like, honestly, how many times can someone ask you, you are so great, why aren't you dating anyone? Well, Aunt Judy, maybe there's just no one out there to date. Did you think about that? What we have to get away from, all of us, is that singleness at a certain age makes you a little bit of a weirdie. Now, don't get me wrong. They're single for a reason and they're single for a season. Am I right? It's not like there are many who walk around saying things like, the single life didn't choose me. I chose the single life. That's not how it works. And if you are one of those people, you might as well head down the Humane Society and pick up your order of 37 cats. I have a couple friends who take being single in their late 20s by the horns. And by the horns, I mean they get to go on random cruises just because it sounds like fun. And they plan to go to New York because it just seems like a place you might want to be. They are living the life. At least it looks that way to me. Rachel and Laura, they work hard, they own homes, they drive great cars, and they go out on the weekends. They're honestly, they're just plain happy. And guess what? They're 29 and 31 and they're not married. Blows your mind a little bit, doesn't it? Now, all you single ladies, all you single ladies, get your hands up. You see what I did there? I feel like that might have been unnecessary, but kind of necessary all at the same time. Throw in your headphones and get ready. For no one told me I'd be living the single life. All right, so we are here with my friends Rachel and Laura. To start off, I want them to just tell a little bit about themselves so you know why you need to like them as well. We're going to start with Rachel. Rachel, just tell us how great you are. What makes you so great? Oh, my goodness. So, well, I'll just tell you what I do. We'll start with that. that. We'll see how it progresses. Uh, I work in IT, totally different than what I ever thought I'd be doing with my life because I have a degree in psychology. Mm -hmm. But in my spare time, I really enjoy makeup. Not the vanity of makeup, but just doing makeup. You see, that's what I I see you in that profession. When you tell me you're in IT, you don't look like anyone who should be in IT. Other than glasses. That's usually what I get. I have glasses. That's the only thing that people relate me to with IT. (laughs) Got the platinum hair, great makeup, and you're in IT. It all makes sense. Logical. All right, Laura, how about you? I work at Severe Heights in the worship ministry, specifically with children's choirs. And then outside of the church... I have my own voice studio at my house, and I teach at Walter State Community College. That on sounds big days. Yeah. Your own studio? No, well, it's not really. I mean, people just come to my When's house. When's your for album voice drop? Lessons. It dropped in 2009. Did you really make an album? I did. I am dying right now. <laughs> Are I you? Did. Is it available on iTunes? <laughs> no. How can we get it? I have a copy. How much is it? Nine ninety nine. Yes, plus tax and shipping and handling. <laughs> what were some of the songs on it? I wrote two of them. 
Oh, you are too much for me. We have to go down this path. What were the other songs? They were all worship songs, weren't they? Yeah. Of course. There was some Sandy Patty on there. I love Sandy Patty, but, you know, I just, I can't She's my favorite. (laughs) All right, so you all told us a little bit about why we should love you. Let's jump into now, at this point, what did you think your life would look like? You're what, 29, Rachel? Yes. And, Laura, you're 31. Yes. I'm only 30. I am young and youthful. But you're on your way to 31 every day. (laughs) (laughs) But at this point, did you think your life would look like this? I thought that by this point, late 20s, approaching 30, I would definitely be married, potentially have children, and be raising a family. But it is very different. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, what in your head was your game plan? I remember getting, you're going to make fun of me for this, but in a pageant interview, They asked me something. I was in high school. They asked me, like, what do you think your life will look like at 22 or 25? And I said, well, I would be married with two kids, and I would have, like, the white picket fence around our house. But, um, yeah, that is not at all how it happened. Mm -mm. So you are both living that single life. What are the most annoying things people say to you when you're at the family functions, when you're just out and about and you meet someone and you tell them you're single or whatever? What are the annoying things that you're like, stop saying that to people? I think it's more you can't figure out like the, oh, it's either you can't figure out what their oh means. Like, is it, (laughs) oh, we don't understand or, oh, it's like you've gotten some sort of medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It's just, or my aunt likes to say. let me learn more about you so I know what your problem is. Yes. My aunt likes to say every time I see her, so what's wrong? Like, why, why haven't you brought somebody to a family function yet? I'm like, well, unless I hire someone out, it's, no, it's not happening Which yet. is and an that's option. Okay. That's true. Let's not go down that road, though. <laughs> Rachel, what are some of the annoying things that you wish people would just stop saying to other people who are single in their late 20s, early 30s? One of the things that I heard recently was someone asked me, well, are you dating anyone? And I said, no, I haven't found anybody that I want to date. And it was a man that was talking. He said, well, I think your standards are too high. So that was a very interesting comment. But here's my thing. When I meet single people in their late 20s, early 30s, we're just talking about their life. I will say, you know, you'll just be going hard at your life, doing what you need to do. And all of a sudden, you'll look to your side and there's someone right next to you to date. Is that a thing that's encouraging to you all? Or are you like, shut that down right now and never say it to anyone else? It's just not necessarily truth. So <laughs> so I've been lying to all <laughs> yeah, of these I mean, people. It could happen, but it's not yeah. necessarily going to happen. And I think when you talk to somebody that's been single for a long time, at some point, your mind goes through this process of what do I need to do to not be single anymore? Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, you're constantly looking to the side at that point, like, where are you? Where are you coming from? So my guarantees are not 100% Correct. is what you're saying yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to, good to know. So let's jump into what are some of the highs and lows of this single life? Like, what are the greatest things that you're so thankful for? And what are, like, I kind of wish we could back out of this part? So, Laura, tell me some of the highs, and then we'll jump over to you, Rachel. I like that I'm not accountable to anybody. So if I need to leave suddenly or go on a trip or whatever I don't even have a dog so I can just pick up and go and it's nice to not have that responsibility which is a little bit selfish but it is what it is. Rachel what about some of the lows what are the things that most singles will probably struggle with at some point? I mean honestly if we're being totally transparent here sometimes it does get lonely. Mm. It's when you don't have that companionship that you long for. And don't get me wrong, I have an incredible group of friends. Yeah, you and do. I, yes, I do. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Laura, for your input. <laughs> I have an incredible group of friends, but when you long for that companionship, you're longing for something more and something different. And sometimes that's where I get in a hard place. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into a very fun area that you all are going to think is not fun. 
But let's talk about how you meet someone. I, for one, my no one told me in this scenario is no one told me I was not a matchmaker because I was so confident in my skills. And then Laura helped me out a little bit and showed me you are indeed not that because here was my criteria. Here's a single man. Laura is a single woman. Let's send them out. And that's where I stopped. So Laura, I sent you out on a blind date. It went great. You all are now in love. You're on your (laughs) marriage. All of that is false because it was a disaster. And I take some responsibility. I will not take full because there were other players in this game. But I will give more responsibility to you than anybody else because you were the girl (laughs) in this situation and you should have known better. But, you know, it's not like I'm holding any bitterness or anything. I wish that you would come at me real hard on that. I was hoping for this moment. She's not holding She's not even a little bit. One day I will find the perfect person. And you would say, Callie. Please be my maid of honor and flower girl and everything in my wedding because I owe it all to you. But so I, I pretend to be a matchmaker. That did not work out. But there's all these apps, too, that people are downloading and trying. Rachel just got a dirty look from Laura because Laura has not been on these apps yet. But Rachel is on these apps, seeing if it works, seeing what's out there. And you know what? <laughs> you sound like I am like the OG dating app but here's the only i've done some research on these apps and let me tell you about one that i do you know coffee and bagel no coffee and a bagel something like that let me tell you you i mean i enjoy those things (laughs) but but i like those things how is it a dating app well a friend of mine explained it to me basically the girls are coffee and the boys are bagels what I really think I'm probably going to mess up this explanation. So creators of Coffee and a Bagel, please forgive me. But something along the lines of you will get a bagel every day, like in the morning. And like, it'll be based on all of your preferences. And they're like, hey, here's your bagel. You get one a day. That's it. And if you want to talk to them, great. And you can get to know them through the app. And then you go on a date with them. Well, I've had both positive and negative Mm -hmm. experiences on dating apps. I, the positive one, I did meet this guy. We went on a few dates. Everything was fine. He was wonderful. We were really enjoying getting mm-hmm. to know each other. Well, I, it was my bad that I had mentioned something to my sister-in-law mm-hmm. that I may have gone on a few dates with someone. It was because she told me that my family was talking about it without me in the room about my singleness. But it's like a diagnosis. It really, <laughs> really is. Does. It is. <laughs> been diagnosed How with can a we help her? wrong case of singleness. <laughs> it's bad. Hopefully it's not chronic. <laughs> so what happened? So you told your sister-in-law. So I told my it. sister-in-law. My sister-in-law apparently spilled the beans to my mother. So instead of my mom just asking me about it, she took to Facebook. He was easy to find for her because he was high in the alphabet. His name's oh, I thought you were going to say he was high in the world. Like, people knew who he was. He was a man. Oh. And twist, it was Morgan Freeman. That's the first name that came to mind. Close enough. Out of all the people I think Morgan Freeman? I'm really um, on top of my cultural references. You're welcome. So my mom, she figures it out that it's him. I don't know how. She Googles him. Facebook isn't enough. So she Googles him. Doesn't give her enough information. Doesn't give her enough information. She Googles him, finds his LinkedIn. He had like the premier diamond subscription to LinkedIn. So Morgan Freeman knows how to work a LinkedIn. He does. So she starts looking at his LinkedIn profile, and he sees every time that she's looking at his profile. And how many times did she look? Like six in a day. (laughs) And I get a text message that is like, hey, do you know so-and-so Waters? And I was like, 
uh, no, I do not. He was like, well, she keeps looking at my LinkedIn. And I was like, hold, please. <laughs> I have no idea who this woman is, but give me a second. <laughs> Precisely. What I don't know is that he has messaged her and said, happy holidays, Mrs. Waters, so that she knows that he knows that she's been looking at I LinkedIn. see you seeing me. <laughs> So before I could even call my mom, I get a phone call from my dad. Are you in a serious relationship and you haven't told us? This is this no. has gone big fast. It went on a very downward spiral. Didn't your dad say something along? You've told me the story once before. Didn't he say something along the lines of people in the community are saying? <laughs> yes, he said that well, people you- in the community are talking about this, <laughs> and I know that the only person I've told is my sister in law. <laughs> and I was like, if by community you mean family. Yes, but it was just a very awkward situation. That relationship never panned out. Morgan Freeman moved to New York. We are done with him. On on to the next Jamie Foxx. Look how quick we're getting better. We're we're upgrading. I'm working my way up that ladder. Can I get up? So, so all of these matchmaking and apps—they're not the greatest in the world. But let's say someone wants to set you up. What is the criteria you would say before you set anyone up? that you know who is single in your life before you even think about it? Laura, what's some of the criteria that they have to think through? Okay, so we're going to get the male and love Jesus Just, that's out of given. the way. Yes. Okay, all right. Um, I would say one of the things is they need to have their life together, mm-hmm. such as you may have a roommate, that's fine, but you're self-sufficient. Your roommate can't be your job. mother. Right, you yes. can't be living at home <laughs> at this point. You need to be able to take care of yourself, especially if you're going to get in a relationship with somebody and then possibly get married. Mm-hmm. they got to take care of somebody else at that point, so you need to be able to take care of yourself first and foremost. Got to be goal-oriented? Yes. You've got to be, you may not like your job, but I think you always need to be working towards a purpose of something. You don't just need to be stuck in the rut and not doing anything and you just come home and complain all the time. <laughs> you just hate your life and yeah, want everyone yeah. to know it. Yeah. No complacency. <laughs> yes. And I don't want I'm someone that's not looking for someone to fill a void. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I am not here to fill a void for you. We are here to run alongside each other. I'm not trying to complete you. I don't want you to complete me. And, you know, you'll look to your side and all of a sudden they'll be there. Running along with you. And it'll be, you'll be running the same race. But if I'm running, there's an emergency. (laughs) Of some sort. Of some sort. So I would rather not meet him in an emergency. We could do a slow stroll on the beach and you look to the side. (laughs) And and make, you know, and you're there. What a beautiful story we just told. Fast walk. Fast walk. Speed walking. (laughs) Brisk walk is good. So in this criteria, let's talk a little bit about leagues. I know we've had this conversation before. There are leagues. That leagues exist. We all need to know it. We need to be aware of it. And when you're setting someone up, you need to know that their leagues match up, right? Yeah. If you are, if you feel like, if you're listening to this and you feel like there are no leagues, then you're probably at the top tier. Yes. And so you don't understand. You don't know that us below you, we need to be in the same level as someone else. You're in a whole different playing field. And I'm sorry, I can't talk to you because I don't relate. (laughs) But yeah, there are definitely, it's just common sense. I want somebody to look at me if I'm dating or married to somebody and I don't want them to think like how did that happen they do not look like they belong together if that's their first question when they approach you is how did this how'd y'all end up like this yeah you don't want that to be your so yeah there are physical like I think also just personality wise Mm -hmm. you just got to know somebody a little bit more than just a generic I know just that they're single and you're single and let's make this happen yeah sometimes it works Laura sometimes they look like they go together (laughs) I think anyway Mm -mm. Yeah. You have to know your league. Because if someone tries to set me up with someone and I see them, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. 
they are out of my league. Like I have a very specific friend in mind that has said, I've got the perfect guy for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. He's so great. I see a picture of him and I find out what he does. And I'm like, what are you smoking <laughs> to think? On what level would this work? Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. But again, she's at the very top yes, tier. So she, she can't help it really. She really she can't. She's got a good heart. She does. <laughs> she means well. Great personality. Great personality. Okay, so Rachel, tell us through the apps, through everything else, how does dating look different at this point in life? Different from high school, different from college, different from your early 20s. How does it look different? So we were talking about this the other day, how it changes over time as you get older, how when you're younger, it's okay to date just to go out on dates and there not be any pressure behind it to be, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm diving into a relationship with you. That is the goal here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm trying to get married next week when I go out on a date with somebody but there is it's like there's some sort of there has to be purpose behind mm-hmm. it you know like you have to be dating to I'm not trying to waste my time I'm not trying to waste anybody else's time and I think at this point in life when you get older late 20s early 30s you have to start thinking about different things that could come into play in mm-hmm. your dating life yep. when I was in my early 20s I would never have considered dating someone that was divorced mm-hmm. or had kids or whatever the case may be But at this point in life, that's something that I have to start to consider. Mm -hmm. And I think Laura can agree with me on that, too. Yeah, I remember when I was, like, 28, and my mom said, maybe you need to look for somebody in their, like, 30s. And I was appalled because I thought, why in the world would you put me with somebody in their 30s? And look at you And I told her, and she said... Well, it's because you're kind of close to that. So I think you may want to go into that. But now I'm just like, well, whatever. But yeah, yeah, I I think that your standards may not change necessarily from exactly what you're looking for. But I think what somebody else has experienced since we've not been married yet or had kids, Mm -hmm. you start to realize that maybe depending on their situation, that might become Mm -hmm. something that you look at more so than you would have thought about at 22. Mm -hmm. So, like, our standards don't change, but maybe our limits change. Like, what age are we okay with? What different situations are we okay with? Because the answer is never to just lower your standards and settle and be like, okay, you're you're as good as it gets, so I'm fine. Listen closely. Do not ever change your standards. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this dating game, how do you read intentions? How do you read signals? How is it so much different now? than before it is a guessing game I think it it is always a guessing (laughs) game I don't know if that ever changes it doesn't matter how old you are and you're single because it's really easy I think girls naturally are probably more friendly but Mm -hmm. when you meet guys that are friendly it's easy to take their friendliness as meaning something else and so sometimes you're just kind of up in the air with are they flirting or are they just being nice Mm -hmm. so you don't want to be that girl that is every single guy that comes into your path that's nice you're like oh well you like me me." yeah yeah that's that's not the case you just have to start being I think more cautious with how you're reading what people are throwing your way as you all continue down this path how do you not question yourself how do you not start thinking, maybe something is wrong with me. Maybe I'm not doing something right. Maybe this equation's off. How do you fight against that? I question myself daily. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't question myself because I absolutely do. But it's when those times come about that I have to remember who I am. And this sounds so churchy, but whose I am, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I think that's really important that I have to keep remembering that this is all part of God's equation mm-hmm. and this is all part of God's plan. It's not my plan. Like, I had to give up on that a while ago. Mm-hmm. That my plan for me and God's plan for me are not 
on the same page. They're not on the same chapter. Mm -hmm. They're not on the same book. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to get to where God's plan is. Mm -hmm. You know, what he does have for me. So questioning myself happens consistently. Mm -hmm. But it's a constant reminder that this is not about me. Mm -hmm. This is about God's will for me. Mm -hmm. And just, I feel like I would constantly ask God, okay, I've done this, this, and this. And I feel like this is the right puzzle pieces. They're Mm -hmm. all in place. They're all where they need to be. So Mm -hmm. just throw in this next puzzle piece. And I would constantly think, what am I doing wrong? Like what? Absolutely. What do I, because this in other areas of my life, I will think, okay, if I do this plus this plus this, it will end up being this because I've done Mm -hmm. it all right. And then I am shocked over and over that God's not, oh yes, you did that right. Here you go. You get what you have wanted. Yeah. And you said it as this plus this plus this equals Mm -hmm. this. So you're, I feel like you're looking at it in a positive Mm -hmm. connotation where I look at it in a negative Mm -hmm. place. Well, I did this, which is a bad thing. So I'm not going to meet him for another so many years. Mm -hmm. Or what have I done wrong? Mm -hmm. What have I not done altogether that has prevented God from introducing me to the man that he has for me. And I find myself, well, what did I do wrong? Or if I would just look this way or Mm -hmm. color my hair this way or lose this weight or do this with my job or do this with my family or something like that, then it would happen. But that's not how it's playing out at all. And I have to remind myself that this is not about what I do or don't do. This is about what God wants to do with me and use me for. I think mine's a little bit different than that, too. It's Mine was, I did this, this, and this, so you should give me this. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, if I'm serving you in all these other areas, then this one thing that I prayed about for so long, it's not fair that you're not giving that to me because mm-hmm. I've asked for it. And I've done all these other things that I feel like you've asked me to do, and I'm trying to remain patient over here. But I had to come to a place where that's not how he works, and so I can't work that way either. Because even if he doesn't provide spouses or any relationships between here and whenever we die, he's still faithful. It doesn't change who he is. And so I did change my mindset about it, that he's still good even if I don't get what I want. So for these girls who are out there, regardless of their age, who feel like they need to be in a relationship, they need to be dating someone, and they feel less than because they are not, what would you say to them? I want them to believe in themselves. I don't want them to believe in ideals or situations or other people. It is so critical that girls and women believe in themselves and not paint a picture of an expectation, Mm -hmm. but of what the true desires of their heart are. For me, I didn't think that I would be 29 and pursuing a career in business and IT and going up the chain in corporate America. Mm -hmm. That's never what I thought I would be doing. I thought that I would be teach being a teacher and coming home to my kids and my husband and cooking dinner and all those things. So that's what I set myself up for. So I set myself up for some degree of failure, but I'm not mad about it. I love where I am in life and I love what I'm getting to do. If I would have realized that 10 years ago, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone through all the pain and the heartbreak and the disappointment that I did. Mm-hmm. So if girls could understand that, believe in yourself, like chase your dreams, not someone else's dreams for you or what you think your dreams should look like. I just want them to feel like they're complete. If, if they're a believer, you're complete because of Jesus and nobody else. And if you're not a believer, then I hope you get to know Jesus. But for me, for a long time, it was, I wanted, like I would pray, and I still do. Like if I'm praying for my spouse, it's, Lord, please let them love you. Please let them have a strong relationship with you. But I realized just this summer, like a couple months ago, I was never praying that for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I need to love you more than I could ever love him. 
I don't need to be waiting on somebody else to fill that void and to complete me because that is nobody's responsibility but the Lord's. And so if I'm waiting for somebody else to do that, then the moment that person messes up or doesn't arrive, then I'm empty and I'm broken. And I, you know, so for, for any girls that are listening, it would be, you need to find who you are and your identity and yourself in the Lord and needs to be like you and him instead of you and the other guy that you're waiting on. Okay, so let's sum it all up. Everything we've talked about, what is your no one told me? No one told me I can be content with where I'm at right now. No one told me that I could truly be happy in singleness. No one told me that I could be 29 years old and have a great career and have a great group of friends and pick up and go on vacation whenever we want to go on vacation and go on road trips and do whatever we want to do. No one told me how awesome it could be and how truly happy and content I can be with where I'm at. I would say nobody told me that it's okay to be 31 and not married. You don't have some sort of... Somebody may put a stigma on me, but I don't have one on myself. I I told Rachel the other day, like, I think that this summer I felt like I was in college again. Like, we're just having a great time, except we have jobs and money, so we can do more things. So we can do so much more. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's okay. And I, didn't, I never would have thought that I could say that it's okay, and it would still be okay 10 years from now if I'm in the same situation. So, to close it out, let's flip the script a little bit. What is one thing right now that is everything to you, that you are so happy someone told you about? So somebody came to Bible study recently with one of these on their arm. And what I have is a ponytail holder that is like a spiral ponytail holder. And it looks like what our teachers used to keep their keys on in elementary school. It really does. Yes. But there are no keys. And you just stretch it out and put it in your hair like a normal ponytail holder. And then when you take it out, it doesn't leave a crease. And they will stretch out as far as you want them to. And then they will slowly return back to just their normal size. You all are really missing out on the demonstration. So maybe we will make a video and post it with (laughs) this podcast so you can see how beautiful these things really are. And you'll never have to wash your hair again because it does not leave an indention. Exactly. Exactly. And you can get them at Ulta. And you'll probably remain single forever if you never wash your hair again. So don't take that advice. Again, bad advice for me. All right. Rachel, what is your, I'm so glad someone told me this. So mine is a makeup trick. So what I learned recently is there's this makeup stuff called setting spray mm-hmm. that you are typically supposed to put on at, after you put your makeup on to like lock it in place. But the trick I learned is that you put it on before you do any makeup too. So when you have a bare clean face, so you put on your uh, setting spray and then you put on like your primer, your foundation, whatever you use, yeah. BB cream, all that stuff, it makes your makeup stay on so much longer. Is setting spray like hairspray for your face? Yes, exactly. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but we need Rachel to step in. Maybe that's a future podcast of, hey, here are all the things no one told you about makeup that are great. That would be so fun. She's so, so excited right we, now. See how we <laughs> say You just got in my element. But guys, thank you so much for jumping into this. Thank you for sharing about what can be an awkward thing, but doesn't have to be. And I'm just so excited to see what happens next when I sit you both up on dates. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Well, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hey, if you liked it, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Does that sound desperate? Feels a little bit desperate asking you to do that. But you know what? Oh, well, I love hearing your feedback. So make sure you check out no one told me podcast.com and I'll see you next time. <laughs>